Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for a great Saturday. I almost said Sunday. Wow, Lord, we just thank you that you're here with us. We thank you that you love us. Lord, we love you. And Father, I just pray that we would connect with you. I pray that you would raise your countenance upon us and give us peace. I pray for your mercy to be multiplied to every person in this room right now and watching. Wow. And Father, I pray that you would bless us with your presence. Manifest your presence in Jesus' name. Amen. I was, uh, I was asked to um, maybe speak on evangelism. And so I thought that would be a good idea. So I'm here to kick you in the butt to get you to do some stuff. I'm just kidding. Some of you are starting to sweat right now thinking about evangelism. Um, <clears throat> I don't know if you know this, but the church isn't the only place that all ministry happens. And ministers and pastors are not the people who are supposed to do the work of the ministry. I don't know if you know this, but all of us are called to do the work of the ministry in the world, in every place that we go, with our families, in our workplaces, with our neighbors, on our swim teams for the young ones. Well, they already left. Whatever we do, wherever we are, you are the hands and feet of Jesus. You're his mouthpiece. You're his eyes that look at other people. Okay? You're the smile that they see that represents his love. And when we're in a place that's whole with him, we get to imitate him and show him to people. You are the Bible walking around for the everyday person in the world. You're the Bible walking around for the everyday person, okay? And there's a lot of people that haven't read the Bible. There might be some people in here that haven't read it, so crack it open and start reading it, okay? <laughs> it's really good to read. Wow, I just, I don't know about being up here. I am so tall. <laughs> and you are all so low to the ground. My goodness, thanks. I got my wife up here cheering me on. and Okay. All right, if you got a Bible, one time, I, one time I spoke at a church, there's some people from that church here right now, and I, when I guess spoke there, their microphone was very sensitive, and so when I had it right here, it was rubbing on my beard and making all these funny noises, and I had no idea till afterwards. <laughs> okay, go to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. I want to do two things today. Number one, I want us to just ponder on some scriptures that, that teach us that we're all qualified to be ministers. We're all qualified to share what we call the gospel, um, that it's not for some elite, but it's for everybody. And two, I, I kind of want to highlight what this message is, what this gospel is, because some of us might feel really awkward if I was ever to go share the faith with some random person, awkward does that even sound? Okay, so I got some good news for you today. I'm not asking you to go out on a sidewalk with a billboard or a bullhorn. I'm telling you that God is going to open up doors for you all around you, but you need to understand that you are his vehicle to bring change in the world. And if you don't know that... <laughs> then you're probably not going to open your mouth and ask them to fill it when you finally have the opportunity to talk to somebody. Here's what it says in Ephesians chapter 4. Uh, verse 11. <clears throat> it says, He himself, that's Jesus, gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, some teachers, for the equipping of the saints for the work of of the ministry. Say, I'm a saint. And say, I'm called to be a minister. So God's given 
And throughout all history, there's been apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teach, yeah? There's been these people who are unique. We read the Bible about some of them. You're like, wow, that guy is pretty special. He seems pretty special. And he's doing some pretty special things. But all these people from the Bible time all the way up till now, their role is to equip us, us, so that we can understand, number one, God's heart, what he's done for us, what he invites us into, what he calls us to, what we have in our bag, per se, what our weapons of warfare are, yeah? what we're able to do, what we can do, what he wants to do. You start to understand all these things, and you start to partner with him, and God starts to do wonderful things all around you. Yeah? But all these people were not meant to be these people that go, oh, you need, you need Jesus? You definitely got to talk to Joe. Dr. Paul the Apostle, you have everything that people need right here, right now. The living God is in you, okay? And all the people that God has given, Jesus has given to the church, was for a purpose. And the purpose is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. Are we on the same page? Wow, that was a slow yes right there. <laughs> we all, yeah, we all good? <laughs> that was actually the quietest response I've ever gotten in a decade in ministry. Okay. <laughs> okay, Acts 1.8, this is what it says. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be witnesses for me. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the world. If you're a Christian and God and the Holy Spirit have come to dwell upon you, I want you to understand something. It wasn't so you just feel good. It's so that you can be a witness. So it's not just for the select few. The tying of the Holy Spirit upon you, the first purpose is obviously that you're connected with God, right? That's just relationship. But the practical purpose in terms of ministry is so that you can be an effective witness. That's you and me. We are called as Christians to be witnesses. In fact, if you have the Holy Spirit, he's on you so you can be a witness. And that's really uncomfortable for some of us maybe. You know, there's, there's two groups that end up sometimes, I'm just going to say one of the groups. There's a group, that, and, and I've seen this over the years, that like end up, sometimes people have a really hard time doing it, and that would be like a, a ministry outreach kind of event. I don't know why it is, but sometimes as humans, we feel really awkward at the idea of evangelism. Is there anybody that's human out there? Because we don't want to be pushy, and we shouldn't be. We don't want to be weird. You want to be filled with the Holy Ghost. But if you got, let's start with first the premise. If the Holy Spirit is on you, he's on you to be a witness. Just like he would come on King David. King David got anointed with oil. It was to be a king. Holy Spirit came upon Elisha. It was to be a prophet. Holy Spirit came upon Aaron. It was to be a priest. Holy Spirit came upon Christ and his anointing comes upon us and it's to be a witness. A priestly, kingly, prophet witness to the world. <laughs> you have, not only do you have what it takes for all the little dreams you have for your life, you have what it takes to do the greatest work any human can ever do and that's to connect with the living God and help others to see that he's really real and he really, really loves them. <laughs> okay. Sometimes I think of evangelism. Some people have really long uh, lists of a message that they go out and they share with people. I'm not talking about any of that today. I kind of want you to boil it down to really simply. Ready? The word is reconciliation. Do we all know what that word means? That word means... I've got a buddy who's been estranged from me, and now we've become reconciled. All the problems, all the issues are gone, and everything has been made whole. 
we have been given a ministry. So if you've become equipped to do the work of the ministry, the work of the ministry is a word called reconciliation. Okay, let's read this passage right here. This is what it says in Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 5. I'm just going to read it to you. We are ambassadors for Christ. Actually, I'm going to read the verse before that. Now, all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses against them, and he has committed to us the word of reconciliation. He's given you a word, and the word is reconciliation. It's a pretty big deal, okay? Follow with me. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. That's what you are. As though God were pleading through us, which he is, be reconciled to God. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. God has a desire, and his desire is you. God has a desire, and his desire is you. It's not for you (laughs) to make him a ton of money or build him a castle or anything of the world. His desire is for you. He wants your heart. He wants all of you. He wants to talk to you. He wants to know you. He wants to think with you. (laughs) He's all about you because he made you and he loves you. Love is not self-seeking and God's not seeking it for himself. He's done everything for you because he loves you. And we get to imitate him and we don't get to go do everything for me, God. Right? But we get to walk in this place of love with him. But this is the heart of the message of the gospel. This is the ministry that you and I and every Christian get to and should participate in is the word reconciliation. If someone were to save another person from drowning in water and they used a bunch of tools, they might have had a rope. Maybe they, maybe they fell off out of a boat and they threw them a little life circle thing and they had a rope attached to it. Yeah? If you were to tell the story to someone, the main heart of it is somebody got saved. Yeah? Somebody got rescued. Well, the main heart of the message of the gospel is God wants a relationship with you. He wants to be close to you. He wants to walk in union with you. He wants to transform you and take you out of the kingdom of darkness and put you in the kingdom of light and make you a new living creation. He wants to resurrect the dead things that are in your heart. He wants to make you abundantly alive. (laughs) He wants to resurrect. He wants to touch you with his hands and see electricity get you. That's what he wants for you. He wants you to be vividly alive. He wants to be close to you, walk with you. But for him to have done all of that, there was a guy named Jesus who gave his life for us. The perfect man suffered a payment that he didn't deserve so that he can conquer that payment and rise above it so that he can give life to whomever will believe in him. He done it all. That's the, that's the rope. That's the life thing. You know, his main heart, though, is reconciliation. If you walk up to a person, you want to share the gospel with them, you just start going down everything, they're going to be like, what is going on? It starts with, God loves you. I love how Jesse said that. He just says, someone tell you today that Jesus loves you? How fun is that? <laughs> I love all your faces right now. This is great. I wish you were all in my shoes. Oh, that's so funny. This is Isaiah 45, 22. It says, look to me and be saved. All you ends of the earth. Look to me and be saved. When you're equipped as humans, as Christians, the Holy Spirit comes to live in you, but you're the salt of the earth. You're the light of the world. If you hide under a bushel, there will be no light to shine. You are the light of, I'm not correcting anybody, by the way. I'm just preaching. You are the light of the world. 
It's on all of us. It's not, it's not just on, on whoever is getting paid to do ministry. It's on all of us in our everyday situations to love the person next to us, to get into a place with God that we can get revitalized. When you're wrestling with things and burdens that come upon us as humans, that we can come and give our burdens into God who loves us and cares for us. Cast your burdens upon the Lord for he loves you and cares for you. He wants to take it. He wants to take a heavy yoke and give you a light and easy yoke, a light and easy burden that lifts you. Some of us have, have some really hard stuff going on in our lives. When you have hard stuff going on in your life, it's hard to see other people. It's hard to recognize other people to help them in their pain. Our first primary objective is to see God loves me right now. If my, my circumstances aren't perfect, that the people around me aren't perfect, that the person who's next to me doesn't love me enough, it's okay because God does. God loves you as much as you would ever need, period. Come on. You, you have everything you need, and that's objective number one. Be reconciled to God. I'm going to say it to you first before I even tell you, hey, you're supposed to go into the world and tell your neighbor, hey, Jesus loves you. He'd love to have a relationship with you and to show them to Jesus. I'm telling you, I hope you look at Jesus because if we don't do that first, we're not going to ever for sure want to go tell anybody about Jesus, right? But if we can actually turn our eyes and look to him, he says, look at me and be saved, Look to me. Why? Why is it look to me and be saved, not recite this prayer and be saved or do X, Y, and Z? Why is it look to me? Why is it look to me and be saved? Because it's all about relationship. It's all about relationship. If you simply look at him, you see him, you see the author of your life, the one who created you, who knows you, who's done everything for you. He's overseeing you. Yeah, you might not always see him because he's invisible God and he's awesome. <laughs> But he sees you, and he wants to help you. He wants to save you. But this is, this is beholding the invisible God. Jesus has made a new and living way for us to come into the holy place. And you are transformed as you hold him. Right? It's going to be really hard to be people who bring transformation to the world if our own world hasn't been transformed. Right? How, how are we going to do some mission of anything if we're stuck in the gutter? It's impossible. So first, there's a revelation and a teaching, and then there's an action. The revelation and the teaching is Jesus has paid the price and done everything to raise you up out of the gutter. And set you upon heavenly places, seated with him, far above all principality, power, dominion, and might. <laughs> giving you all authority of life and righteousness in you to be the light of the world. That's a revelation. That's a knowledge, right? That's to know something. But yet there's, look at him. There's, look at him. I'm so ready to eat meat tonight. I've been fasting 21 days. And I, I'm going to have steak. I'm sorry for all the vegetarians in the house. Listen, I did your diet for a month, and I'm dying, man. I got to get some meat. I don't know. Okay. That has nothing to do with the message. I just came out of their inner being. It shall flow from them. They shall say what I have for them to say, says the Lord. I'm just kidding. <laughs> when, you, when you start like dreaming about certain foods you know you've gone too long and you're thinking I'm like I really gotta have that your body starts talking to you oh my I don't know why I put these verses down <laughs> You know, when I prep, there's a lot of stuff, you know, you get downloaded and you just write, you're like, oh, that's so good, Jesus. <laughs> it's not often, but sometimes I put some stuff down and I'm like, why did I put that down? There's got to be something in there. <laughs> Thank you. Wow. 
Okay. If we're all called to do the work of the ministry, I want to encourage you. It's not for you to know every little thing in the Bible and every little, you know, cross T and dotted I to be able to argue with whoever. That's not what I'm talking about. You are the body of Christ. That's not just a term of saying, I go to church on Sunday. You are the body of Christ. Say, I'm the body of Christ. Oh. That means when you walk up to somebody, it's Christ walking up to them. How powerful is that? What If Christ himself was walking in our midst, what opportunities would there be when you walk into his presence? What opportunities would there be? I want you to understand something. When you walk into someone's presence, those same opportunities exist. <laughs> yeah. The same potential for miracles, the same potential for words of life. The Bible says truth shall set you free. It's amazing when you read the stories of Jesus, sometimes what he says can be so contrary to how someone might say it in our day and age. Yet, his words are so filled with truth. It transformed people. Everyone around him who heard him were transformed. That's who you are. How you speak to people. If we operate in the flesh, it can happen. Just stop and remember who you are. There's way bigger opportunities at stake to love people than to be right. To guide someone to the living God than to win an argument or to hold that fat list of wrongs that the other person has done to us. There's way more at stake. Oh, yay! The heart of the whole gospel is reconciliation. So first, I say to you, be reconciled unto God. And two, when you're living in the world, live in such a way that calls people to the presence of the living God. Because that is what is at stake. That is what this whole thing is all about. God is not waiting in heaven until America becomes a super, superpower level that he needed it to be. That's not what he's waiting in heaven for. He's not waiting in heaven until all these people get the right political view. And when they do, he's going to come. That's not what he's waiting for. He's not waiting in heaven until you make enough money. Then he's going to come back. That's not what he's waiting for. He tarries in heaven, not willing for any to perish but for all to come to the truth. He tarries in heaven, not willing for anyone to perish. There's only one main reason why we are all still here in a life with mortal bodies having any kind of suffering around us. It's because he's not willing for any to perish. God dang, guys, wow. That's why we're here. The modern church, I'll say it like this, the modern American church has, has become a place over the last, I want to call it century at least, where it's like cattle into a, into a show and then you go about your normal lives and you do that. Are we following that hasn't produced good results in our communities. Are we in agreement? Do you know that there's more witches today in America than there are Presbyterians? <laughs> I don't know why that made me laugh. It's true. How crazy is that, though? It's weird, right? <laughs> I don't know why I picked on the Presbyterians, but I'm sure I could have picked on a different one. But the fact was, was that one. That's what I, I remember studying. Uh, 
Christianity is, is not, and this is so common, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming many of you heard this, but you know, it's good to always get a good little reminder, dose of reminding of this. Christianity is not a spectator sport. It is full contact joining in. If you jumped into Christianity thinking that I just said one prayer, I got my Willy Wonka ticket and that's it, I got news for you. There's more. You've just joined a battle and you actually have the keys of victory and the weapons of victory for the people around you, not just for your own life so you feel productive and good when you make your money so that you can have something of truth and love and power in you that sets the captives free. That's... I just got to jump a little bit. Guys, this is for each of us. This is what we've got to know. This isn't, it's not a spectator sport. Full contact, jump in. You got to join in. If you set your hands to the plow and look back, you are not fit for the kingdom of God. Well, that was, see, like I said, the words of Jesus is not always so like, wow, yeah. That's kind of like, whoa, oh. You know what I mean? Yeah? Yes, sir. You know what I mean? Okay. This, this thing that we're in, it's not, also, it's not about doing. It isn't about, hey, I need you to go reach out to 15 people a day. This is about you being a person, a very unique person. And that person is called a Christian. It's about you being a Christian. But Micah, I'm a Christian. I go to church on Sunday. I know. But the fullness of what a Christian is, i.e., a little Jesus, is what we should be in our life. And in the moments where we're like, yeah, that wasn't Jesus that just came out of my mouth, it's time to reflect, change direction, and be like, Jesus, let me be who you created me to be. Because I am not a victim. I'm a king. I'm a queen. And I've been made to reign. I'm a king. <laughs> Some of you might be queens. Um, I've been made to reign in this life in Christ. I love that message last week by Pastor Penny. You've been made to reign in this life in Christ. But reigning in this life doesn't, it's not about the material stuff. I'm not saying material stuff isn't bad. Okay? I'm all down for a new shirt. <laughs> By the way, I've been going like this island style recently. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> um, but reigning in life isn't about, it's, it's not like, oh, I've got everything made and now I'm reigning in life. That might be the American dream, but reigning in life in Christ is no matter what's going on, I've got a joy deep down in my soul. And I might feel trouble, and I might feel some turbulence, and I might feel some wrestling, and I might get sad, and I might shed some tears, and I might feel broken. Well, you've got a good Lord. His name is Jesus, and he was well acquainted with grief. And he's there to literally give you a healthy perspective and help you. He actually took on the burden so that you can be lifted. He took on the sorrow so that you can be covered in beauty and a release and righteousness. Yeah? But we might feel those ways, but to reign in life, this is a, this is a person. If the whole thing is about reconciliation, it's all summed up in how is my relationship with Jesus right now? If I was to equip you to minister, and I, can t I was literally thinking of other stories, all these stories about going and preaching and people being saved, different things, miracles, all kinds of stuff. I was thinking about all these stories. I, was like, I could tell that story. That's great. I haven't told that story in a long time, um, if not all at all. But before hyping you about, oh, how I could or what's possible, if the main thing ain't the main thing, we're going to miss it all, period. And if, if part of my job is to equip you to understand that you are much more than you might think you are, and God might want to do a lot more than you think he might want to do, then my first and primary objective is to remind to see his face and to gaze upon the one 
who laid down his life for you and loves you. And he wants to hang out with you. Where is your relationship with Jesus right now? Is he your personal friend? Or are you a part of the masses and he's a king up on the throne? Is it personal? You might believe he's the king, but you might find yourself in the masses. Is there a personal connection with the living God? Because he wants that for you. He wants to be one-on-one with you. He wants you to come into the holy place and to look at him. The invisible God wants to appear to you. He wants to shower his love on you. He wants to make his truths from Scripture known to you. He wants you to be free and walk in freedom. He wants you to know what he's given you, what he's provided for you. He wants you to know that he's sitting right next to you right now and he loves you so much. He wants the reality of our perception to recognize his presence is with us all the days of our life. He's in our house. If some of us might fight in our house, he's in your house. He's at your workplace. If you're grumbling at your workplace, he's right there. He's looking at you. And when we get in the flesh, we're missing his face. (laughs) All right? When we get in the flesh, and you recognize I'm getting in the flesh, this ain't ain't good. I'm kind of acting like a booger. I haven't eaten meat for 21 days. I made a joke. I told Melissa the other day. I was like, I said, wait, oh, man, I got to tell you guys this. I said, I said, oh, I'm sorry. I was being a little bit of a booger the other day because I was just really hungry, you know? And she said, she goes, I understand. You're, uh, you're a mid-30s man being a vegetarian. There's a lot of changes at once. And, and I, <laughs> I was at the coffee shop. I was laughing so hard. I think I cried a little bit, but. So all you men out there, get a, get a woman who understands you. I'm a mid-30s man. I'm a mid-30s vegetarian. That's a lot of change at once. <laughs> okay. I just want to circle back. We're going to just hammer these couple things down, and then I'm going to ask in a second the worship team, or at least the people I talk to, to come up. The ministry that you're called to is one word. You've been given one word, the Bible says. That's a pretty crazy thing. When the Bible says you've been given one word, you should underline and go, what's the one word? It must be a pretty big deal. Not, hey, you've been given a whole long laundry list of all this stuff. It's just one word. Now, from that one word, there is a whole laundry list of all kinds of cool stuff. But it's one word. Your ministry is summed up in one word, and I hope you know it. I hope it's not just, oh, that one message on that one Sunday, I heard that one word. I pray that this word is so big in your life that you understand the depth of what is going on on the planet right now. The word is reconciliation. That is your ministry. First for you and then for the world. Be reconciled and then reconcile others. The objective in ministry is not to make sure that all the points you want to get across get across to the other person. Oh, you believe that way? I'm just going to rip it all to you. Here's my bucket of truth. Dunk you in it. That's not who we are. The purpose is to bring reconciliation. And if the purpose is to bring reconciliation, then you need to understand who you are And be a good example, because otherwise, your words won't mean much if you're a jerk to the person next to you. You know what I'm saying? Slap a person on the face and be like, hey, listen, man, you got to repent and believe in Jesus. He loves you a lot. The person can be like, you're crazy. Yes? So your, your life matters, not just what you say, but two, what you say is summed up in 
be reconciled, which means God loves you so much. You're going through that. You're dealing with that. The Lord wants to come in this right now. He wants to come and meet you where you're at right now. You're going through a hard thing. Can I pray for you? Oh, man. Oh, it sounds weird to you. I'm just a Christian. I just love to pray for you. I just love you. It's an opportunity. We're here with a When you know who you are, that's going to be secondhand nature. It's just going to happen. Right? But we got to first be reconciled. And then these opportunities are going to come up. The Bible says, that's why I put this verse in here. <laughs> that's crazy. I literally forgot why this verse was in there. It just hit me at that moment of the sermon. Here we go. Sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. That's number one. Make holy God in your heart. Make sure this is good first. Sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. And then second, it says this. And always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Before you go off and you become some kind of minister, sanctify the Lord in your heart. <laughs> but it's not always about, man, I got to go and push everybody to do whatever. But it is about understanding, hey, I better have some grounding and some understanding of this thing about Jesus if someone were to ever ask me. Because if you start living like the light, someone's going to say, what's up with you? I remember when I got saved and I went to the, the dorm rooms at the college and the pothead down the hall, I was a pothead too, but he was, he was also a pothead, but he looked at me and he says, he says, Micah, there's something different about you. It's like light is coming off your face. I was like, I know. <laughs> and I was only walking with Jesus for about a week right then. I thought, this is crazy. These guys are seeing it coming off my face? When, when you're walking in the light as children of the light, there's going to be people who say, what's up with you? And you're just being you. It's going to happen. I had only read half of Proverbs by that time, so I didn't have a, I couldn't tell him anything yet. <laughs> oh, man. Poor guy kept smoking pot and got arrested. Um, I had gotten arrested a month prior. He had to learn it too, I guess. Praise God for getting arrested, you know? <laughs> oh. I prayed for this guy. I was, remember, I was praying for this guy. He had a hurt leg. And I kept seeing him a handful of times uh, each week. This happened for three weeks. I saw him. I said, what's wrong with your leg? He says, I tore my, it was his uh, ACL, I think, and his knee. I said, ah, oh, that's horrible. I said, can I pray for you? He says, sure. I pray for him. He starts walking around and starts cussing up a storm. Holy bleep, bleep, bleep. Not that that stuff's holy, but he's going off. And I said, oh, my gosh. And he says, I've got no pain. What the heck is going on? I said, bro, Jesus loves you, dude. He just loves you. And he says, that's weird. He leaves. The next week I see him. He's got a cane with him now. I said, what's going on? He said, yeah, that was crazy last week. I don't know. But I'm just using the cane, you know, and da, 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 da. I'm not putting pressure on my leg. I said, can I pray for you again, bro? I just love you, man. Like, this is a friend. He says, sure, I pray for him again. He starts walking around. What the bleep, bleep, bleep? Starts cussing up a storm. Starts going, what is going on? I said, bro, Jesus just loves you, dude. I don't know. I just, I just want to pray for you. He says, this is crazy. He's tripping around. He leaves. The next week I see him again. He's got this cane again. I go, bro, what's going on? He's like, I know that was crazy the last couple weeks, but I just, I don't know, dude. I'm like, I'm like, okay, can I pray for you? He goes, sure. I pray for him again. He goes, what the bleep? Starts cussing one last time. It's literally happened, and I just loved it. I was like, man, God loves you. And so I walked with him for a while, and we were walking together, and he stops, and he just says, this is so crazy. It's like out of a Bible. He goes, what must I do to be saved? <laughs> so crazy. How fun is that? Isn't that fun? That's like normal life for all of us. You just pray for your neighbor. You know, you talk to people, we tell them, hey, Jesus, 
Jesus loves you. It's for all of us. If the church shines, the world will be filled with light. If the church hides in a bushel, the world's going to have a lot of darkness on it. It's already dark enough. You are the light of the world. Come on, guys. You are the light of the world. And that is not some big C church statement. It's for each of us as individuals. And all it takes is for us to be reconciled to God. All it takes is for us to talk to the living God and be really real. Sanctify the Lord in your heart. Everything that's secret in your life, make him the holy part of all of it. Everything in your heart, sanctify the Lord in your heart. That is what we need in the world today to see change and transformation. It's for us to be Christians. <laughs> that sounds funny. Be quick to forgive, slow to anger, slow to wrath, abounding in loving kindness and tender mercy, for that is what God is like, yeah? Yeah? He is quick to forgive, slow to anger, praise God. He's abounding in loving kindness and tender mercies. That is who you are. You're a person that's filled with extreme grace that can pour it upon other people when they do not deserve it because God in Christ suffered for us when we did not deserve it. For him to fight a battle and win the battle for a people that didn't even want him, like he went to war, that's called the cross, and he fought a battle for you and me, and he won it for you. While we were yet sinners, while we were yet sinners, God showed his love for us in this. That Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. Isn't that amazing? How much ability is there for each of us to love the person next to us? To be filled with so much mercy and kindness. I'm saying we're not, I'm not saying you need to always be perfect and slap yourself in the face if you ever get it wrong. I'm telling you that there's opportunity and there's love, number one, available for your own heart first. If you've ever felt like you've got something wrong and you've got shame over you, I want you to know something. He wants to wipe it all away. It's going to be hard to help someone else get their issues taken care of if you're walking in shame. Let him minister in the fullness of your heart so that you can be ready and able to minister to the person next to you. Yeah? He loves you. He wants to walk with you. He's not mad at you. He's not looking for you to get everything correct, and then he can bless you. The Bible says he became a curse for you that you might become blessed. He didn't say he blessed you because you did this right. He blessed you because... Jesus became a curse for you, for cursed is the one who hangs on a tree. And he became a curse for you on the tree so that you can be blessed, not because of what you've done, but because he loves you right here, right now. Every one of us. Let's go. <laughs> and he wants to connect with us. He wants to talk to us. He just wants to watch our lives and watch our families, watch our kids, watch all of it, watch us hanging out on our jobs with our friends. He wants to be a part of it. He's a fun guy. Yeah, that's where life is. That's where abundant life is. You're never going to get abundant life if you don't hang out with the source of it. You ever been around a person who's really joyful and you feel really joyful when you're around him? Number one, God's the most joyful. He is life itself. Get around him, it's going to impact you. May we not be Christians who are just a part of the masses, and we just know way up there somewhere, there's God up on the throne. May we be Christians who understand that he has seated us, grabbed you, 
seated us in the heavenly places with him in Christ Jesus. You as an individual are not in the masses and God's way out there and God knows when you'll ever know anything about him. He's grabbed you and he has seated you with him. He's raised you up. He's given you new life. Whether you feel it or not, it's the reality. Every power of the devil has been broken over you and you have power to rule in this life. I don't care if you've been hurt or you feel this. I do care, but I don't care in the sense, (laughs) you follow me? I don't care in the sense that that limits you from the power he's given you. Yeah, I do care about your problems. That's why I'm telling you, you know, he loves you. But that doesn't limit the resurrection in you. The devil comes by and walks by and talks to Jesus in the desert Was Jesus being oppressed by the devil? The dude's just getting tempted, that's all. Is Jesus free when he's in the desert and the devil comes talking to him? Is he free? He's absolutely free. And some of us go through life and we get tempted or tried or different things. And Man, I'm a horrible wretch. No, you're not. You're a believer. You're a saint. You've been risen up. The blood of Jesus has been spilt for you. He has literally eradicated death from your life and he's given you abundant life right now. Irregardless of how you feel, even if you're in a desert and the devil's talking to you, you are a child of God. You have everything you need. (laughs) Come on. I love you guys. I got to get going. Okay. (laughs) We got to end this fast. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Can I get the worship? Uh, uh, Maybe the pianist. It's a fun word. Um. Guitarist. Mm-hmm. Okay, can I ask you to do something? Can you guys just stand up with me real quick? I'm just going to speak into you guys right now. God's, God's battle plan in life involves you. Hmm. To love the person next to you. Hmm. To be slow to anger, quick to forgive, abounding in loving kindness and tender mercies. To get there, we got to sanctify the Lord in our hearts. You are the light of the world. And every place that you walk into, the world needs you to shine. It needs you to know who you fully are and to fully receive the love of God. To fully receive the love of God. He doesn't love you any less right now than he did the other day. He loves you. Yay! He loves you. So Father, right now I pray that all of us, Jesus, would grow in the knowledge of your love for us. I pray, Father, that you would be sanctified in our hearts. You've been given the ministry of reconciliation. One word, guys. You've been given one word. It's reconciliation. The world needs you. The world needs you. Your family needs you. Your kids need you. Maybe your parents need you. Your coworkers need you, number one, to be reconciled to God and then to demonstrate to them that God's alive and to be somebody in some way that points them to God. Maybe it's, I don't know what it is about you, but your face is shining. I don't know what it is about you, but you respond differently when stuff hits the fan. You respond differently. I don't know what it is about you. Oh, let me tell you, God's so good, man. He set me free. In this world, you'll have persecution. In this world, you'll have trial, but be of good cheer. Jesus overcame all of it. 
In this world, you'll have trial and tribulation, but be of good cheer. He's overcome it. There's no trial you walk through that you're not going to be victorious in. Guys, there's no trial. Every trial in your life, you can be victorious in. You will have trial in the world, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world, he says. He's got the plan for you. He's got the victory for you. I pray to God that we know it because the world needs it. And if it only starts with one little church, I know there's a lot of churches saying this, but whatever, I don't know what they're doing. May all of us not just be Christians in the stands. May we be Christians in life. May we not just have a title Christian and every once in a while do it and yet we, they're literally our life looks exactly the same as every other person on the planet. It may it not be so. Jesus looked quite a bit different. Yeah? <laughs> We're going to look different because it's love. Even in the world, a man will die for a person that he loves. Even in the world, a man will die for a person that he loves. If you were to willing to die for someone that loves you, what is that for you? That's nothing. Everybody does that. But scarcely does somebody die for somebody who hates them, who doesn't like them. That's a whole different kind of weird. That is the kind of person you are. So filled with love for random people that don't even know you. That might not sacrifice their life for you, yet you love them unconditionally. That's who we need. That's what we need. That's what you have. So Father, I pray that you'd release it right now. Can I get the prayer team up here too? If you just need prayer, I'd love for you to come up. But I want to challenge you to do something too after that. I want, I want you just ask God, say, God, is there something I can tell somebody? Is there a word of encouragement I can just share with somebody? Is there somebody that I can pray for? Because you're the ministry team in life. And it might be someone here, and it might be someone throughout your week that you know you're going to see. But I pray to God that you get something really nice to say to somebody. And it might be somebody that you live with. It might start with, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's so good. But even if it does, let the reconciliation come and let healing come in our relationships and our relationship with God. And that's going to transform the world. One little act of love at a time. One little act of love. That's all you got to do.